You're listening to Conscious Living Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver, Co-op Radio. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark Cron. And that was One Giant Leap. It's this incredible compilation of um, different musicians from all around the world, and they put these tracks together. If you can check out any of their other uh, pieces of music, highly recommend it, One Giant Leap. Okay, good news. And we need it because really this, to me, felt like a week of very difficult news, um, which we're not going to reference because we're doing good news. Right, Mark? Absolutely. Who wants bad news? Well, sometimes it's unavoidable, but not tonight. We're getting a jolt of good news. So Roger Hodgson, who's the, the lead guy in Super Tramp, remember Super Tramp? Certainly do. He gave a concert, and it was in conjunction with Jake's House in Toronto um, on Autism Awareness Day. And Jake's House is an organization that provides support to families who have kids with autism or on the autism spectrum. So he actually invited, he was in a, with a 39-piece orchestra, and he invited four teens with autism to get up on the stage and they did give a little bit which is the name of the fundraiser for the kids as well beautiful yeah i know right it's fitting lovely awesome what have you got i've got some really great news and now this one is uh, about a guy in uh, phoenix arizona and I, i think it's fitting because this happens here all the time as well and it's the panhandlers you see on the side of the street saying you know homeless anything and, you know, they're asking for, for money and, and for help. Yeah. And and this guy, um, in 110-degree weather, he was actually handing out resumes because he got lo- uh, laid off. So in, instead of asking for help and money and things yeah, of that nature, yeah. he was handing out his resume to people, and then he just got inundated with job offers and things. That so is good I thought news. it was a great, you know, a great difference in a way of doing things that will serve him long term than just, you know, giving somebody a, a temporary dollar or two. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that he was homeless or anything. He was just looking for a job and he thought, you know, That's what a great so way great. to go. I yeah. like it. I mean, I, I'd want to look at the resume anyway. How interesting is that? A- absolutely. Right, to connect. And I always uh, think about it. And I talked to a homeless guy on the streets in D.C. just uh, on, on Monday evening when I was there in Washington. And I said, Hey, man, I says, if you've got enough guts to be asking complete strangers for money on the street every day, have you ever thought of getting into sales? <laughs> <laughs> right. And he said? And he said, oh, you know, I give him something to think about. Right, so right. he walked away, he's going, oh, you know, so it was just a All different right. twist because he was clean. He didn't look like he yep. was like the average homeless person. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know, you got enough guts to ask strangers for money. And a, a lot of them say no. So you'd be great in sales. <laughs> I like it. Okay. I've got one more. This is kind of a, it's a story for sure. So three teenagers, American brothers, 
head to their grandfather's funeral in Ireland, and they go to the funeral, and then they're on the beach. They figure they're going to get a few days of downtime. And so they're in Port Manock Beach, and they hear somebody yelling for help. And it's this dad standing there looking at his daughter who's on a flotation device way offshore. And the boys just sprint into the water. They don't even think about it. Now, it's she. they had to swim for 25 minutes. Wow. So she was she that was out far there. out she already. Out yeah. They got to her. I mean, that's really amazing, even for three young athletic guys. But they got her. They took turns swimming on their back, pulling her mm-hmm. on this device back to shore. They got her to shore. And then they look and they go, oh, my God, the dad's still in there because he had gone in to rescue her, too, with a life vest. So mm-hmm. then they went right back, got the dad, brought him back. Everybody's safe and sound. And here's the odd part. Like, I mean, that's a beautiful story and Absolutely, good news. Yeah. The weird coincidence is the boys realized later that on that exact same day, 65 years earlier there, the brother of the deceased grandfather whose funeral they had just gone to had drowned. Isn't that, that kind of wild? Yeah. On the yeah. same day. Yeah, I don't believe in coincidences, so something was going on there. So now I've got another piece of good yeah, news. Good. And, and this one, again, it's not Canadian, um, but it was about an Irish teen who won the Google Science Fair Award. He won $50,000 in education funding um, because he found a new microplastic extraction uh, process to extract plastic from the oceans. Oh. Because there's certain size and particles that they haven't been extracting. Right. And I think it was like five millimeters or less. And so right. this young guy, I think he was 15, 16, you know, invented this technique in the system to do exactly that. You have so, his name? He deserves um, a shout out. Actually, I did not take down his name, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, he certainly does deserve a shout out. That, he that does. That's my bad. That's but pretty it, awesome. I just thought it was a, a fantastic, you know. Yep. I, I love seeing the youth and their ingenuity create some global solutions that'll, you know, help serve the planet. Absolutely. So tonight we're talking about consciousness and reality. Um, Our guest is Randy Wittenheimer. He's an energy healer, a member of the Potawatomi. Here, <laughs> there's my pronunciation. Potawatomi tribe from Oklahoma. He learned at a very young age the power of plants and vibration in the healing process. And somewhere around the age of 19 began in-depth studies of martial arts, which led to other forms of energy transfer and healing practices from world-renowned masters and teachers. Randy then developed a healing method that he calls creative energetic health. He's a practicing energy healer. He spent more than four decades researching and applying the practical power of energy transfer techniques. Welcome to the show, Randy. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to talk to you and a pleasure to hear uh, Mark's voice again. Yeah, long time no Uh, speak, eh, pal? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I know he knows a little bit more about you than I do, so I'd I'd love to hear about your background and what first attracted you to the exploration of energy and healing. Um, you know, that's one of the questions I was asking at the retreat that Mark and I were at is, uh, you know, kind of like what first got you, uh, on the path or off the path, depending on which way you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, because once you become interested in spirituality and, uh, energy healing, uh, any healing techniques that are non-traditional medicine, you're basically an outcast. Uh, especially in the last, you know, 40, 50 years ago. And only in the last 10 years has it become very openly talked about and stuff. But before that, 
um, as a Native American, you didn't mention any skills you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the martial arts tradition of energy healing, which is medical gigong therapy and uh, a bunch of others, the uh, same thing, you didn't really let on what all you knew or what all you could do. But uh, I started in probably at eight or nine years old knowing that I could change things, and that's a language I use. You're going to stop there? <laughs> well, I mean, I can keep going. Well, a little you know, bit, it, because it, you're right. I mean, I yeah. really agree with what you're saying. When, you know, if this, it, once this becomes your reality, and people, uh, certainly my son has a thing with all this. He calls it woo-woo, and I go, well, whatever. Right. It is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my convincer of something being real is the experience. And that's very different than necessarily than science. And I'm excited that I think we're going to dovetail into science as well. But just to give people a little bit more about you. So you, do you mind getting personal? I like personal. And then we feel like we know Uh, you a bit. Well, it's kind of like how deep a scan or how deep you want to go into it. But but basically I developed a skill set. And uh, that skill set is called knowingness or knowing the truth. And uh, the language is if you can't discern the truth, you can't know the truth. And at that point, you have to believe because knowing the truth doesn't require belief. Belief requires that you don't know the truth, right? Right. So sitting around the dinner table, back then they had things called phones that were on the wall or on a table somewhere, and there was only one in the house. And if you sat down at the dinner table and the phone rang or the doorbell rang, somebody had to get up and answer the phone. And in my family, if you got up and answered the phone, when you came back to the table, your food was gone. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's like a a survival technique I developed to be able to go, oh, Dad, the phone's for you, or, you know, Mom, it's Uncle Ike at the door. I mean, I just kind of instantly jumped over to a knowingness of, of my environment or local reality is another language I use. And then um, and then uh, being raised in Native American tradition, we didn't use American medicine. It's, it's like if you got sick or had a problem, then there was uh, plants or herbs or there was uh, singing or there's a, a lot of different traditions there that just now come out as people go, oh, wow, we discovered vibratory medicine. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, have you ever heard of Hatele or Navajo Diné um, uh, medicine man do a three-day chant? And, you know, we think uh, we don't have time to talk. We just text right now. But the vibration of those healing chants is very much extant around the world. I mean, you have traditions in yoga and martial arts, and uh, almost every healing tradition has some form of vibration or sound. Mm-hmm. Uh to affect a healing process in the human being. So all these kind of got wove together because I would go to all the powwows, only back then we called them stomp dances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so people don't know their history of it. You see what I mean? Right. Uh, and and, they, and science has discovered uh, vibrational medicine. Well, Native Americans have known about it for about ten or 20,000 years, and same right. thing in India and Tibet and a few other places around right, the world. Right. So, uh, so your modality. So by the time I was sixteen, I was working on people. I mean, 
And your modality, which is a combination of all your different experiences with yeah. different teachers, creative, energetic health. Let's let's just give, you know, if someone approaches you with a, uh, a recurring issue, a physical, emotional, right. spiritual issue, and it just feels to them unsolvable. Where do you right. start? How do you start? Well, I'll say I know he starts by shaking your hand and having you say your name, and then he gives you a whole bunch of numbers that you go into your head and start getting all competitive. Go, no, that's not me. Okay. <laughs> let, 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 let me explain. It's, uh, first of all, uh, I realized that um, the traditions of yoga and martial arts and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, Chinese healing practices these are all thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is just like the languages are different, but they're all saying the same thing. And so in an attempt to translate all that into English, I made up the creative energetic health because the creative aspect of humanity is the highest form of exercise, we'll call it, the highest form of application, the highest use of our consciousness. And... Um, and then the energetic portion is what's required to be able to make any kind of change. That's out of physics, quantum physics. So, and then being healthy. So, what Mark was referring to, uh, if I can tell a short story, uh, I had a client come to me, and they brought their little uh, daughter and son. And I worked on the son, and during the process, I spend more time explaining it really than doing the work. And uh, uh, so at the end of the session with the, the five-year-old boy, it was his seven-year-old sister's turn, and she sat up on the chair. She looked me straight in the eye and goes, don't talk about it, just fix it. <laughs> <laughs> because because i have been talking for 30 minutes. So, so the other side of the story is that she, uh, in turn, they referred another friend and another child that was having some problems. And when they walked in the door to my office, the seven-year-old turns to her best friend and goes, whatever you do, don't shake his hand. He will know everything about you, all right? So, so here's, here's the deal. You have an information field. Uh, some people call it auras and this, that, and the other, but it's actually an information field. It's an energetic information field, and it contains every memory, every connection, everything you've ever done, every person you've ever had contact with or kissed right and what i can do through kinesiology is to interrogate that information field there are direct no you secrets. have direct contact with it you can actually well everybody does right when we meet somebody we actively interchange knowledge that allows us to either uh move closer or move away mm-hmm. we, we instantly sometimes from nine or ten feet away know that we don't want to be around that person mm-hmm or we close the distance, meaning we're merging our information fields because they are in some way compatible. And, uh, and you can see this go on in a, I used to say, in a bar or restaurant or wherever people meet. You can actually watch that interaction go on where they step up and they'll pick a distance to talk to somebody. And that distance represents the interchange of their basic information fields. And then if it's acceptable, they will move forward or move back. And you can watch this little dance go on. And so, so out of all this, I came up with a set of metrics that uh, the four major ones are that you should be 100% yourself. And this gets into the very basic question of what it means to be human. 
And uh, the second uh, metric is you should have about 28 different inputs in how energy flows in the body. And the third one is you should have a 100% availability of all your information. You shouldn't need a psychic or somebody like that to tell you about yourself. <laughs> and uh, the fourth one is the amount of voltage you have. And this directly relates to how big your energy field is. You okay? <laughs> totally okay. I'm actually wanting right, to so wanting to dig in there in each of those, so I'm I'm saving yes. that for a moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but well, one of the things to know is babies have about a forty or fifty foot energy field, and most people, let's say in the mid teens up to the fifties or later, they're lucky if they have a one foot energy field, unless they're a charismatic or a movie star or somebody like that. And those people have large energy fields for whatever reasons, and we want to be around them. And uh, then what happens with spiritual teachers, if they have a large energy field of sufficient consciousness, we want to be around them, too, because they know things we need to know, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I work on people, I tell people things they need to know to be better at being themselves or being human. Or any of those other ones you mentioned, the energy flow or how to increase right. your voltage or depending yeah. on what was going on. Okay, so can, maybe right. let's break it down because one thing I really love are practical tips. And I think our listeners actually are um, pretty savvy around the, the whole concepts around energy and subtle bodies and chakras and all that. So I don't think they're beginners. Oh. But maybe you could sure. touch on, first of all, let's start with be yourself, which I'm huge on. But let me ask you this question. How do you know which self you're being? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the actual consciousness, I, I work on a, a lot of people over the years uh, uh, on pregnancy or before they're pregnant or they can't get pregnant. And uh, then during the pregnancy and delivery afterwards and all that. Um, I, I have a whole different, uh, I'm not supposed to mention books I'm writing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but in oriental medicine, pregnancy is 10 months and 10 days. And then the recovery is 10 months and 10 days. And that's the book I'm writing. And it, it nobody ever teaches the mm -hmm. 10 month, 10 day recovery mm -hmm. where you become back to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, so the idea behind all this is, is no matter what goes on in life, you come back to yourself. And that self was present, and I've demonstrated this uh, in talking with people, uh, women that were pregnant, that that personality of that person existed before you were born. So your personality existed before you were born, and then you were born into this body. So that's what it means to be you, the you that was you before you were born. So, again, because we're trying to find commonality of language, I'm going to offer a few other words and see if this is what you're talking about, right. because your words are, are unique to me. Um, you're taught, I would say your <clears throat> essence, your the part of you that is yeah. uh, never changes, always was, not, cannot be destroyed. It is what it is. It's everything and nothing right. at the same time. Right. So we're talking about the same thing, yeah. essence. Okay. Yes. You're, and And just a little... Uh, wordplay your essence is present mm -hmm. and then now that gets into the whole thing about illness and and problems in life where your essence is not present and that causes you to then encounter problems right 
Right. And so that's why we say baby, a child up to five or six, they have no, nothing to do except to be themselves. And then we kind of go off the rail with our programming and education and life events. And so it's very rare to find somebody that's 100% themselves in the middle. Right. Uh, All the time. I have said a lot of people and telling them you, you were you in the beginning. And if you get close to death, you tend to come back to being yourself. But in the middle, good luck. And so my primary practice when I work on a person is to be themselves. And I can reset a person energetically to do that, meaning I eliminate everything that becomes a form of memory or connection that's interfering with them being themselves. And if you think about what's wrong with you, it's all, all wrongness or disease or problems or outcome. And the, the outcome is energetic. And so now we come full circle to what I do. I, I reset a person to be themselves. I reset them to be healthy. And I do that energetically. And uh, that would require probably eight hours of conversation to explain exactly how that's done. <laughs> well, well, last Saturday in Madison, Virginia, I was 46% myself. <laughs> yeah, and that's hot. Most, most people run, uh, you know, a one or two inch energy field, etheric field, and they, they run uh, probably uh, 2% themselves. In other words, their, their consciousness, the, the, their existence is all over the place. It, it, and just think about, well, we call it multitasking now. And, and usually we say you had no focus, right? Mm. And so, do you perceive uh, subtle bodies? Are you on board with that? Out, the etheric body outside uh, the physical body and then the mental, the okay. emotional, and the spiritual? Do you see it that way? Yes. So Yes, because... Go ahead. Because your energy field is layered. The first layer, two to three inches, about uh, is what we call your etheric, and then it steps out from there. And there's different uh, uh, modalities that have different names for all that, depending yeah. on what country you're in. Right. And so I just give numbers to them to, to examine those layers out to about 24 to 31. And uh, it, it just that's also an aspect of your development. But, you know, when you work on a person, it's like science. They're all, con all concerned with the physical. But we're physical beings, mental beings, emotional beings, spiritual beings, psychic, psychological, mm -hmm. etheric, astral. I mean, and then uh, we're cumulative of all of those. And each one of them has a, a presence. Each one of them has a, a factor of your, uh, like being 100% yourself. Uh, psychologically, are you 100% yourself psychologically? In other words, we can divide it up into about 10 different areas. And as I work through those, I will find out what was the original problem, what was the source of the your disconnect. illness, the source of your problem. And is it a disconnect? Uh, yeah. The illness That's would exactly be a disconnect. The language I use. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, uh, the spiritual body, my, my experience is that my essence is not only connected to a field, but that then I can bring that field into the body and it supports well, me. Yes. Well, you, you are the field. The, right. the language is mm -hmm. backwards that we so identify with the body when we got nine other aspects of us and Right. And that was one of the things I developed is <clears throat> I told a group of scientists one time that space is aspected and time is too. And they just looked at me and I said, well, human beings are aspected too, meaning they have these different attributes or qualities or, or parts of their being. And each one of those deserves attention and, 
and interaction and, and study, but science won't get you there. That's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it requires either intuition or, or um, uh, applied kinesiology or, or some advanced systems in martial arts that I learned to be able to pull that knowledge out of your information field or anybody's information field. Mm-hmm. That's what gets really crazy about it. And do you believe, we had a guest on a few weeks ago, or maybe it was almost a month ago, who talked about uh, the energy fields, the subtle bodies evolving, so that Uh the the kids that were born in a certain year actually had uh, the spiritual, their connection to the spiritual body was closer to the physical, and then the current children actually have it inside. So they're called crystals. So yes. she had named them, and this was her understanding. And then she gave right. Mark and I aura transformations, which means going from old school, the one we're talking about with the seven chakras and the subtle bodies, to this new one. I'm curious what you think of that. Can it can energy be evolved that way, and what would be the benefit? Well, the the, the answer is yes, it can be evolved that way, but now this gets into an area of... Uh, can you function there? <laughs> and so it, 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 it gets into, you know, one of my, another book, Theory of Proximate Reality, because you can experience the reality of that uh, experience. I know that's kind of a circle. Uh, you experience the experience of that reality, but the question is, does it become actionable on your part? Mm-hmm. So people that go through Athawaska and, and a lot of these spiritual trainings, it's like they don't have a nervous system mm-hmm. that can handle the energy flow of the higher spiritual energies, right. but then they also don't have the nervous system to handle this physical reality afterwards. Right. Right? Right. So, so there, there there's some caveats in there that, uh, uh, in, like in Native American traditions, we took a long time to learn these things. It wasn't no, hey, let me get spiritually or instantly enlightened. Right. 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 Because you're you're going to have problems in the number one reality, which is what I call it on my Gaia series, um, quantum effect. Right. So. And what, and in there I break it down. What is one of your most? What would you advocate as one of the most effective ways to balance your energy flow? Well. The first rule is to be yourself, and and that's and that's what's not taught or considered. I mean, uh, I'm not supposed to talk negative, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, have you ever uh, perused or bought a self-help book? Right. Well, at least one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll 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 just leave it at one for everybody. But the problem they leave out is you. They say you can be rich you can be healthy you can be enlightened you can but the you they're talking about doesn't exist at a level that mm-hmm. can approach that reality right and there you go and that became the serious problem i incurred in my 20s when you would talk to somebody and then you'd talk to them again and they weren't quite the same person right mm-hmm. and so now we realize that consciousness is mutable and it's transistory and it moves all over the place but if you're 100% tr- true, meaning 100% yourself, that's not true. What you see is what you get. The way you interact with right. the world is based on you being you. And, and the answer is, if you're not yourself, the probability is you can't sustain reality. 
And what that means is you'll have to escape. You'll have to do drugs or alcohol right. or, or right. watch uh, TV shows or something. You see what I mean? I do. And so yeah. I was trying to still, I still was holding on to those four points you made. Be yourself, energy flow in the body, connecting into self, and then you said voltage, okay. which is really pertinent. So I was just trying to kind of dovetail it there with, um, with the balancing oh, okay. energy question. Okay. Well, I give, uh, depending on the person, I mean, I, I, I know so many techniques, and so, you know, I tell people uh, it's bad language. I tell people I can fix somebody 100%, but watch to the degree they can be fixed, right? Mm -hmm. So there is your subtle energy problem of you may not be able to, to, to be healed. I mean, you can be healed, but you may not be cured. And what that means is that reality of, of not having had that experience or that illness or something uh, is is no longer available, right? So so what that means is that to to be yourself is to recognize, remember the hundred percent available, that you have been through all these things, but you're still here, and uh, and being here in the moment allows you to choose to not be the way you were, or not be concerned, right. or not be connected to what has happened in the past. But most people don't have that ability. And if we change it from ability to energy, then that's where I step in and can right. help with the energy flow, right. kind of like somebody that uses acupuncture to, to change their positionality in reference to their past or future or problem that they're having, right? And, and, and this same true for, go ahead. You can work, can you work long distance and auditorily is it, or is it always hands-on for you? Well, uh, I do quite a bit of work. Uh, you know, when uh, I love some of the people, scientists said uh, uh, long distance healing is not uh, truthful, right? And uh, and I could name names of those scientists because I used to know them. And uh, the truth of the matter is, in quantum physics, there's no such thing mm -hmm. as distance. Mm -hmm. So, right. so when people say, "Do I do distance healing?" the answer is no. I do healing, <laughs> and there is no distance, right? Right, right? And so, yes, I work on people all over the world, right. and a lot of them I've never met, and a lot of them I only know their first name. Right. But their first name is, uh, it's kind of like the, the first name is the Internet address for all your information field. And uh, I've driven uh, some scientists crazy and some organizations crazy because uh, if they say the name or say the name of a project, I can tell you everything about that. <laughs> right. Listen, we, we've got to so take that, a really, you know. really quick break. Sorry to interrupt you, but we've got to do a, a, yeah. a little oh, musical good. break, and then we're going to come back. And I really would like to focus on some of the science because I know you're doing, um, you've got a lot of knowledge in that area too, and people are always fascinated when it does dovetail with all this wonderful energy work. So we're okay. Excellent. You're listening to Conscious Living Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver. I'm Tasha Sims, and this is Trevor Hall.
like water, like the mountain gave her daughter. Surrender never felt so good. I grew it strong like a sacred wood, and now the roots are running deep. All illusion getting weaker. You see the wisdom, it don't come from reading, it comes from believing. What I know is that I don't know, and now I dance and I sing and I live full. I give it all to the call of the unknown. I Conscious Living Radio Co-op Radio in Vancouver. You're listening to Tasha Sims and Mark Ron. And we are speaking with Randy Wittenheimer. It's an interesting name you've got there, Randy. I always have to pause and, and kind of do it phonetically before. It doesn't roll off my tongue, let's put it that way. <laughs> so can it's, we... Uh, go ahead. It's a good Native American name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Can can we just finish up a couple of those points before we move to the science? So back to, um, uh, I guess the voltage is the one I want you to co- comment on. How do how, how do people increase the voltage in their body? They're they're feeling tired and fatigued and they're dragging. Um, what's it? Do you have an exercise or anything? I think I read something you talked about putting your back against the wall. That was kind of cool. I haven't tried it yet, but. Right. Is there anything like that okay. that you want to share with our listeners? Well, uh, the study of pranayama, uh, uh, this was introduced to this country by um, uh, par- uh, autobiography of a yogi. You can mm-hmm. read the book. and uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. 
Yeah, Yogananda. And if you look at the science of, of breathing or breath, it's called pranayama. So the primary way we get energy in the human body is through breathing. Uh, you can go one breath without one breath, and that's the end of it. So uh, the mechanics have there's science behind all this. So the science is when you inhale, the air rushes by the cilia in the lungs, picks up an electrostatic charge, kind of like when you scoot your feet on the carpet, and and then it stores that energy in in dense organs of the body, and uh, so that's one way. And if you don't have energy, then you also can get energy by being a vampire, and we know plenty of those, and the counter those, and those are people who take our energy. But the truth of the matter is, the energetic field is available to everybody. And remember, the baby doesn't know any of this and has a 40, 50-foot energy field. Mm -hmm. So through all kinds of breathing techniques, and now through yoga and martial arts and other things, you can learn a lot of breathing techniques. I mean, I, I tell people, who taught you how to breathe? Because... Like in Kundalini Yoga, which I've taught for about 40 years, it's like uh, I can give you a dozen right off the bat, and each one of them increases energy flow in the body. And, you know, sitting still doesn't do that unless you do breathing exercises with it. So deep breathing exercises for three minutes will give you energy. Now, whether it will give you enough, uh, I mean, I know a lot of other techniques where we can keep uh, increasing that. And the thing about 36 volts, that's just a Chinese concept of how, how much voltage as normal. But it's not uh, voltage like in the uh, sockets in your house. Like you can't plug into the electrical socket in the house. Otherwise, all our problems would be solved. So it's uh, bioenergy. It's a different uh, form of energy flow. Uh, it still involves protons, electrons, things like that. But uh, I teach some very specific ones that were like secret techniques in martial arts and, and, and some of the yoga techniques that, like, I was taught to do 36 volts and then 40. So most of my clients or students, we start by holding at least 40 volts, which means I have more energy than everybody else around me. And then I go to 100. But in martial arts, we were taught to go to 400 and 1,000 and 3,000. And with that kind of energy... Now you can fight all day or you can work all day and, and you outwork everyone around you. But also that excess energy becomes energy that's available for healing, not just yourself but others. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be an energy healer, you need to have a whole lot of energy. And mm -hmm. I, I teach the techniques to be able to have that energy. And then uh, eventually you get to a point where uh, you can interact with people and, and they recognize the energy flow. And that's what happened at that conference. A lot of people recognize the energy flow that comes around me, not necessarily through me. And, uh, you know, we benefit by people that make us happy or joyful. Mm -hmm. So to have more energy, be joyful and do breathing exercises two or three times a day or more. And, and Randy, I, one of the, I was going through my notes from your talk on, on the weekend, and, and if there's one thing that I did write down was your, your quote and your statement saying, joy every, overrides everything. Yes, yeah. So what happens is the, the Dr. David Hawkins wrote a book called Power Versus Force. And again, I give that to everybody. If you read it, we'll have a commonality of language to start a conversation. And not only that, it's like he lays out the different uh, levels of consciousness that we all experience in a lifetime and give you a way to relate to them. And on that way of relating, he created a chart of consciousness. 
or scale, and uh, 500 and under, 500's love and uh, unconditional love, and uh, we experience that with dogs and cats and birds and uh, some other animals, but rarely with humans. And uh, and then under 500 is all the emotions down to 200, and under 200 is uh, negative emotions, anger, guilt, shame, fear, things like that. But uh, sitting around 540 is the level of joy, and joy is a choice. And it's what I basically require all my students, that every day you have to start with joy. It don't mean you'll end up there, <laughs> mm-hmm. because probably not in the course of the reality we face, you know, with the news and everything mm-hmm. goes around us. But then in the evening, we want to come back to that. So the joyfulness is to wake up and be alive. And then the joyfulness at the end of the day is to be so happy that you made it all the way through the day. <laughs> wow. so, so every 12 hours, we're resetting ourselves to a very high level of consciousness. And to get into the science of it, science is only sufficient up to about 500. And uh, I was at a science and spirituality conference 20 years ago, and one of the major scientists there I was arguing with, and he finally said, well, you can't prove what you do. And I said, well, it, because it exists above 500 as a healing technique. And, and I said, well, do you love your wife? And his wife like smacks him on the shoulder and goes, there you go. Because you can't prove you love anybody. Right? Right, right. But you can know you love somebody. So knowing this occurs above 500. Uh, I love you and I know that, right? Right. Um, uh, I know my name, uh, but joyfulness is a, a, an acquired state. And uh, if you want to know what it's like, go find you a two-year-old child, right? right? right. And because every one of them has it, they are so happy and we seem to have forgotten that and what's interesting is that happiness directly translates out to more energy inputs and more voltage flowing through their system right and that's why they have a 40 or 50 foot energy field and we want to be like them right right so so in if in physics if energy can't be created or destroyed and it can only be transformed um, is this what you're talking about? I mean, would, would hanging out with no. joyful people and with, you know, having a dog? Yeah, that... you, yeah you would vibrate to right. a higher uh, energy flow. You would just vibrate to it. It really didn't require any work. Yeah. And that's why I, t- I tell people joyfulness is the easiest way to get there. Uh, because all you got to do is, uh, we, in martial arts, we say assume that stance. Now, it doesn't mean you can hold on to it because life goes on. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go through all kinds of things, right? Right. And, um, but, you know, the question is, can you recover? Can you come back to yourself? Right. And, and that's why, like, when I calibrate, like, I shake people's hand, and I can immediately tell you what percentage self you are, how much voltage you've got, and, uh, and start translating that into who did what to who and when and... Um, you know, there was a lady there that said, well, uh, I have a problem, or the child had a problem. And uh, I said, yeah, five years old is when it started. Now, I've never seen this child. She only told me first name. And then later she came back to me and said, well, at five years old, he had a pretty bad accident. And I go, well, that's the source of his fears and acting out and this, that, and the other. Now, how do you fix that? Well, if you collapse that memory field, now we're in the quantum physics, then uh, then he doesn't react or act out of that position anymore. In other words, the behavior goes away. And the same thing happens when you heal over a, 
a physical injury, let alone a mental or emotional energy, which uh, are even worse. Right? And how but they're do, all energy. How do you collapse that memory field? If you come to a class, I'll be happy to teach you. <laughs> <laughs> so then I can collapse all my all my own memories? Is well, that... <laughs> yeah, yes, and, and yeah. that's what is one of the self-help things where you become you is to collapse all those memories and connections. And, right. and let me give you another example of that is... Uh, um, you mentioned autism earlier, mm-hmm. right? Right. And uh, I've worked with several autism uh, people, children, and um, and over a period of about 20 years with one of them, I, I've found out a lot of knowledge that's non-scientific, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, so one of the things that, that uh, first comes up is uh, the child was extremely kinetic, uh you know, uh, had a severe form of autism and uh, couldn't stop moving and uh, banging their head with something. They had a helmet and this, that, and the other. And uh, so I just shut all that down, and immediately all the kinetic uh, motions stopped. And it just shocked the mother because she had been putting and dealing uh, dealing with it for like 12 Mm -hmm. years. And she goes, what did you do? And I said, well, a normal human has about... 20 or 30 inputs about information flows. Remember those, how energy flows in the body? Well, right. information flows into the body too. And it flows through connections. And um, so you have connection, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, children, you know, friends, family. And there's different levels to that. But one of the things I found is like 20 to 26 uh, inputs is normal for a normal human. But like in uh, this boy's case, I'll call him Al. <clears throat> That's not his name. Uh, he had about 5,000 inputs. So when you try to talk to somebody with 5,000 radio stations going on, mm-hmm. you, they don't respond. Mm-hmm. You're just one more voice in the yeah. ether. Yeah. And uh, if you shut it down to 20 or 30 inputs, then uh, they can actually talk or they can actually interact more, right? I mean, there's, there's other developmental issues, but, but uh, I've used that on other autistic children and uh and it works and there's no way that science will support me doing that because they don't understand it and it's impossible and you should know that about all this right because it's non-scientific it can't be explained scientifically right at this point but we can borrow the language of quantum physics and we can explain a lot of it then so when you talk about atomic to etheric transformation is that what we're talking about here or is that something well, different? Maybe you could define that for our listeners. Oh, okay. Well, it, you talked about energy transformation. That's when you eat food. Okay. But, uh, you know, to get into the physics of it, your body, your cells actually produce protons and attract electrons. And there's a whole lot of action going on down at the atomic and subatomic levels, let alone the quantum levels. And, you know, every time we discover something, it, it's just one more layer. Uh, it's like the peel in the onion. And so they, from atomic, subatomic, we go to quantum now. And finally, they're starting to figure out there's some uh, sub-quantum fields and from which the quantum field originates. And that, this is another hobby of mine for the last 40 years is quantum physics. So, uh, And the reason I think I study it so much is because it's, uh, the language it develops is a lot better to describe reality and describe what goes on with 
uh, you know, human life, right? So, we, can you give it a shot? Go explain reality to us. That would be cool. Well, <laughs> 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 um, remember what we said: physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, yeah. psychic, psychological, etheric, astral. Those are all realities. That we're an amalgamation of all those to some degree. Mm-hmm. And we know this because some people are more emotional than others, and some are more psychologically inclined, and some people, are, it's like all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, like your son or whoever you said, uh, woo-woo, yep. uh, woo is the higher spiritual energies in uh, Chinese medicine. <laughs> so, <laughs> At least somebody so validates it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, I can show you the pictures in you know, Chinese medicine books, and woo is at the very top. Yeah. and associated with a crown chakra. So, right. But um, uh, just state your question again about, uh, I get lost. I well, you had, you had said something about reality and um, oh, uh, explaining okay. reality. So, okay, so I have a book I've been working on five years. It's not available. It's called Theory of Proximate Reality. And what that means is your reality only extends to a very small area around you. We can call it an environmental reality because you change environments from your home to uh, your car to work to outdoors. Those are all different realities, and your perceptual engagement is different, Mm -hmm. if I want to get real scientific. And then your receptive abilities are also different, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on your emotional state. And like I said, this gets into a big, long conversation, but basically... Reality, number one reality is what I call it, is uh, all hard physical reality. And zero reality is everything that's non-physical, which is your imagination, your thoughts, um, uh, your connections, your interface with the the universe or with the information field or energy field of the entire cosmos is all in zero reality, meaning it has no physicality to it. So in quantum physics, we say it's a field reality, not a particle reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, of course, now they're trying to do a unified field theory, right? Mm-hmm. They don't say unified particle theory because that basically ends with Einsteinian physics. So now we're, we have to deal in quantum physics to be able to explain our world. And, but we go in and out of zero and one. Like, you can be sitting in your chair, but you can be miles away, that you're off in zero reality. There's there's no uh, GPS for that, even though I've developed <laughs> right? uh, And that's one but of the things that you kind know, of shocked me. It is interesting when you're tuned into another person, it is like a GPS, because you they're dr- they've drifted yeah. off and you know where they've drifted. Like, that's a GPS, right? right? That's human well, GPS. Yeah. Right. And one of the things I, I shocked another uh, spiritual, whatever you want to call them, guru person. I said, <laughs> you know, when you if, if you walk up to somebody and go, hey, 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 and they go, what? And you go, where were you? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. This fascinated me back when I was about 19 because I wanted to know exactly where they went and I wanted to go there too, maybe, right? right, right. So, uh, <laughs> so one of the things about being intuitive or whatever you want to call it, being able to interrogate the information field of the universe is I can actually come up, I actually came up with a GPS system to locate knowledge because if you think about Einstein and and, uh, Tesla, they both derive knowledge from the same source, same place in the universe. 
and wouldn't you like to tap into it? Right. Because I've done that working on science projects, right, with right. other companies and corporations. And then the same way is to tap into what was the experience somebody had that caused them to be the way they are or caused them to not be able to recover from the way they are, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we only have a few more minutes. You're, you're a fascinating person. We could have gone on for hours and hours down so many roads. But mm -hmm. I want to just kind of, you know, broad strokes. What do you want our listeners to understand? Is there something that is, you know, if you just sort of tune into yourself, what's important for them to know that we haven't covered that you think has huge value? In two minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the question... Uh, is what does it mean to be you, right? Mm -hmm. And what this does is automatically make you an explorer. And, and uh, the students I train, I tell them you're an explorer and the, the subject or object of your exploration is yourself. Right. And, uh, and in martial arts, and especially in some of the secret martial arts, uh, the whole goal of all those exercises and everything is to find out about you. And all of that, to be able to control you and to be able to influence you and to be able to change your breathing, metabolism, your healing processes, all this is, in, is uh, what comes out of pursuing some of those ancient techniques. And uh, the thing about it, they all used to be secret, and now you have the Internet. They're all over the place. Right. You just have to go exploring to find out what it means to be you in this lifetime. And once you have what it means to be you, then you can progress to what it means to be human. And, uh, and in, in 30 years from now, you can call me, and I'll be happy to discuss all of it with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How can our listeners find out more about you? I know we've got this whole interview up on uh, ConsciousLivingRadio.org with links Correct. to you, but just let the, those yep. listening um, know as well. How can they find out more? Do you have a website? What do, what do you want to let them know? Yeah. Well, uh, Energy Doctor with a K. E-N-E-R-G-Y-D-O-K-T-O-R is, um, uh, I have a YouTube channel and I have a website and all that kind of stuff. And uh, my email is energydoctor@me.com. And uh, I, I get so much information, it may take me a while to respond to some people, right? But uh, what I've decided to do is actually start teaching some of this stuff openly, where before I used to require you to be a student mm -hmm. and uh now i'm starting to put the information out in uh questions answered is another little aspect of my uh youtube channel and then of course videos from like the retreat this weekend and and uh there's uh gaia.com i invite people to go to them because quantum effect with randy weitenheimer is the series there plus i did some other work with emory smith so I'm starting to kind of like put this information out because I've accumulated over 50 years and mm -hmm. I think it should be shared because it allows people to be themselves. And, and that is the number one thing I work on. And the second thing is to be healthy. So, What's your hope for humanity in 10 seconds? <laughs> well, you have to be you before you can figure out what, to do, what it is to be human. And that's why I give it in those... Once you ever figure out what it means to be you, you're no longer a burden on the universe. In fact, you become what we right. call a helper, right. a light helper, whatever. But once you do that, you can help other people discover what it means not only to be themselves, but to be human. 
and and to be human is probably one of the highest things we can do in the universe because it's why we were created. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Yes, thanks, Randy. It's always a pleasure. Yes, I love it. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Randy Wittenheimer and tons of info on ConsciousLivingRadio.org. Follow it up. That was so great. We could have gone on forever. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed spending the weekend with him for sure. Everyone have a fantastic week. We'll catch you next Wednesday. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark Curran. Good night. If I cried, would you comfort me? Yeah. Will you love me forever? And will you take me like no other? Cause no, I can't say what's in your heart. And I wonder, baby, will you stay with me? Yes, I wonder, now what we used to be? Cause I wonder, will you always love me? Yeah. Now I've lost my disguise, so I'll just... Put it on the line I think I found What I wanted For so long Now